This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. It's Monday, it's 8.50 a.m. in the morning, and I just dropped Milo off at daycare. My voice is still raspy because I haven't had enough coffee, but the daycare drop-off went better than I expected. The girls were super bubbly and nice, and I think he recognized them because he had like little smiles here and there. He didn't cry, but as she was carrying him in, he started to whine a little bit. And I was like, oh, I felt so bad. But I'm hoping that once he gets into his room with all his toys, that he has a super fun day. So we'll see. I have an app through the daycare that they update constantly throughout the day. They post photos and like what he's eaten, like dirty diapers. They Everything just loads up on the app, which is amazing. So I'll definitely be checking that uh, today. But anyways, this episode is not about daycare, although I may actually do an episode on daycare because I feel like a lot of people want to know about my decision to to send Milo back, uh, how I came to the decision, because I think a lot of people are uh, nervous to send their kids back, which fair enough, I understand. So I probably will uh, in the future, over the next couple weeks, do an episode on daycare specifically. But this episode is all about taking your toddler, your baby, your children on a holiday. Some people asked that I do a blog or a podcast about packing for toddlers, which I am such a good packer. You have no idea. I overprepare, I overpack, so I'll probably do a blog post about what to pack. But this episode is about how parents don't get to relax, don't really get to enjoy holidays when their kids are there. And I'm not saying that I don't get a ton of joy out of seeing Milo super happy and seeing Milo get to experience new things. I'm not a monster. That's not what I'm talking about here. I am talking about how stressful and how much work it is to bring your child on a holiday, on a vacation, on a trip to see family. It could even be a fucking afternoon barbecue at someone's house. This is what we're talking about today. I was going to shower as soon as I got home from bringing Milo to daycare, but I decided I would do the podcast first and then I'll shower, just in case you guys were wondering. So before I get started, I just want to preface this episode by saying this, the things that I'm about to talk about are nobody's fault, okay? For my situation anyways. I know that some people can be assholes and they're not supportive of people who bring their children around and they're more concerned with their own fun and what they want the parents to do and what they want the kids to do as opposed to thinking about what the parents feel like and how much work all of this is for the parents. Just from reading some of your DMs to me about your experience with this topic, I know that there are some grandparents and family members and friends out there who 
make it even more difficult on the parents. And that's not my situation. That's not what my experience was this past weekend when we went to go visit family. Um, But yeah, I'm going to talk about what other people should and shouldn't do at the end of the episode. So maybe you can send this to some family members to kind of give a little bit of a hint. But my story and what my point is, is that even when you have super supportive family and friends and, you know, people are really trying to make things easier on you, it's still really difficult being the primary caregiver, whether it's the mom, the dad, both parents, whatever. It's stressful, it's difficult, it's exhausting, but it's nobody's fault because I know I can just know that because my mom knows that it was difficult for me and stressful, she probably feels so bad, but it's not your fault, mom. I know you're probably listening to this in your car. It's not your fault. This is just the way it is. And I know that she knows that because she was telling me about when we were all little and she would go camping with friends and, you know, she was laying with us in bed or whatever it was and she could hear everyone else having fun. So again, it's nobody's fault. This is just what it's like when you have small children. Just so you know, as I'm recording this episode, when I take little pauses, I'm usually um, updating the app for Milo's daycare just to see if they've posted anything. So this is what my day is going to be like all day, just refreshing the app. So I just want to talk about, uh, I say so all the time, but anyways, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So... Things that I realized on the trip. So the first thing is that you're not able to actually visit with people, even though I was surrounded by family and people that I haven't seen in a while. The visit is totally different from when I would just go by myself or with my husband. I'm not really able to engage with people. I'm constantly focused on Milo, which is probably partly my own issue because I'm worried about him falling in the pool, falling off the side of the deck, uh, you know, getting a sliver in his foot, making sure he has his shoes on, making sure he has sunscreen, his hat, like, oh, do we have to change his diaper? Maybe he's hungry. He has to stay hydrated. Like it's nonstop, just focused on the child and things that he might need or trying to avoid an injury. So you might be able to have, you know, a couple sentences, little mini conversations here and there, but you can't actually visit with people, which I found frustrating. I didn't notice it at first, but as we were leaving on the second day that we were there, I think, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I literally, I don't even know what's going on with people. I haven't had one conversation about, you know, stuff that's going on in my life nothing. It was just all focused on Milo. Second thing was the packing and the unpacking. So for us, we were going back and forth from my mamere's property to my parents' property. And then at nighttime, my husband, myself, and Milo were sleeping at my sister's house, which was an hour drive from the property. 
And the packing and the unpacking was so much work, always making sure that you had everything because you need all these things. I know some people are like, well, just don't bring so much stuff like geez. And it's like, no, but you need these things to make your life a little bit easier once you get to your destination. So yes, I need to make sure that I have goldfish. I have Cheerios. I have some pouches. I have his water like sippy cup his bathing suit, his wipes, his diapers, his sunscreen, a change of clothes, a change of shoes in case he gets shoes soaking wet. He needs to have a couple toys, his like stuffed Woody and Buzz. God forbid we fucking leave those somewhere. He needs his hat. He needs his hat that can go in the pool that can get wet. You want to make sure he has a soother just in case he has a little bit of a meltdown and you want to quickly just put a cork in it. And this is all just stuff for him. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some things now, obviously, but I also need to make sure that I have stuff for myself. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that we had both our dogs there. That's a whole other episode that I don't even want to get into. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. 
If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. So my point is that the packing and the unpacking and the making sure that we constantly have everything that we need to go from place to place was stressful, especially because once you get somewhere, you're taking everything out. And then when you want to leave, it's like, oh my God, we got to find everything, make sure we have everything or else the next destination might be a shit show. Number three, one of the biggest reasons you can't relax your mind when you're on holiday with a toddler is that it's not toddler proofed or baby proofed or child proofed. We spend so much time and energy setting up our houses and our environments to be kid friendly that, you know, it's easy to relax when you're at home and just kind of let your kid do their thing because you know what is out you know there's gates up you know there's locks on the drawers there's nothing that they can pull down on themselves because you've baby child toddler proofed the shit out of your environment when you go somewhere else it's completely not childproofed unless you're going to a friend's for like a play date and they have a child, in which case that's way more relaxing. But when you go somewhere that's not child, baby, toddler proofed, then it's a nightmare because you're constantly just looking at what your child is doing and worrying that they're going to get into something and you don't know what's there yourself because it's not your environment either. So you're constantly worried about what they're going to get into, especially when the environment is like a camp or cottage environment. Because what I found was, you know, there's high ledges when you're up on someone's deck so they could easily fall over. There's stairs everywhere with without gates. So that's a hazard. The pools, the lake, the rocks that Milo likes to pick up and sometimes put in his fucking mouth. I'm nervous, even if other people say that they're, okay, like I'm going to watch them, I'm good. That's fine if I quickly go change into my bathing suit or, you know, go pee, do whatever. But even when people are like, I got them, I'm, I'm watching them, it's fine. It's like, no, I can't just not care and not look at what he's doing because I feel like I'm the best person to watch him and to see what he's doing and what he's going to get into because I know that he could put a rock in his mouth. Other people might not realize that. So even when people, you know, offer to watch him while you go do something, I'm constantly then having to tell people what to watch out for because they don't take care of a toddler 24-7. They might not think, you know, oh, he should put his hat on. He's in direct sunlight. He hasn't had water in a little while. Sometimes you need to actually physically go bring him his cup to have water. He hasn't had sunscreen on in a little while and he recently went in the pool. So it's time to reapply sunscreen. He isn't very balanced when he tries to scoot down the stairs and the stairs are wood so he might get splinters in his bum as he tries to go down. I think no matter who is watching your child, you're always going to feel like you're the best person to watch them and to notice hazards and to prevent them from getting hurt. So if you're in the same environment as the person who's watching them and your child, it's not like you can just, you know, 
completely relax and forget about having to watch your child. Like it's impossible. I can't even do it in the house when my husband and him are home. Like it's hard for me to go and do my own thing. Yes, this may be my problem, but it's a problem that I don't necessarily want to change because I feel like I do things the best. That's all. So it is what it is, and it's not that I necessarily want to change it, but this is why it's stressful and exhausting. And I hate when people are like, oh, you need to get over that. And it's like, no, I don't want to get over that, but this is why it's difficult for me, and you should acknowledge that. It's not that I want to change that aspect of myself. It's that I want people to understand that that is what I'm going through and that is why this is a difficult situation for me or why I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Another thing that kind of blends in with the whole not being able to visit with people is that the focus is 100% on Milo, especially in my situation because he's the only kid. Uh, So yes, everyone is just focused on him, which I totally get. I'm part of the, you know, problem when it comes to that issue because I get enjoyment out of seeing him do new things and he's having so much fun that I'm constantly focused on him. And so is everybody else. They haven't seen him in a while and it's like, oh my God, like look at what he's doing. He's putting the rocks in the truck and he's doing this and that. And Again, it's no one's fault. This is just what happens when there's a single toddler in the environment who's super cute, I might add, and everyone is focused on him. And even if people are trying to talk to me, I'm focused on Milo. So I might give like a brief response and then just my focus is back on my child. And this leads me to the next thing I noticed, which is there's zero adult conversations happening. Now, people on the sidelines that aren't really, you know, in Milo's vicinity might be having conversations, but I'm not a part of that. After we leave, after dinner, people, you know, sit around the table, have drinks and talk about stuff, but I'm not a part of that. So by the end of the trip, I kind of realized like, oh my God, I don't even think I really had a back and forth conversation with one person like nothing and then people say well after he goes to bed then that's when you have your adult conversations but when he goes to bed I am so exhausted by the end of the day that I just want to sit in a dark room and this is what I do sit in a dark room snuggled in bed and watch Real Housewives on my phone not even on a tv too much stimulation just on my phone And you might think that sounds weird, like why would she watch it on her phone? It's so tiny, but you set it up, like you get cozy, then you set it up so that it's right near your face kind of, and you just zone in to real housewives, and then eventually you're really tired, you turn it off, and you fall asleep. So while it's a nice idea to think that, you know, when Milo goes to bed at 7 p.m., I can have all this time to sit and chat with everyone... That's not really the case because I want to go to bed because I know that I'm going to be up at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., whatever it is, to do another exhausting, stressful day over again. So it's kind of hard to stay up late and, you know, drink some wine and converse with everyone when you know that you're going to bed with a monitor, that the, the night could be shitty or it could go well. You never know. 
and they could be up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., and you're not going to have time to yourself in the morning to, you know, sip on hot coffee. Like your day starts and that's it. It's like a marathon until they go to bed again. And I'm sure with regard to this issue, lots of people run into the problem of people kind of pressuring them to stay up and like, come on, like the baby's asleep, like come hang out, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have that issue because they realized how tired we were. But and we were also driving away from where they were to go put Milo to bed. So we were alone in the evenings, which was great for us because it was just a few hours of downtime and then we would go to bed. But I did get a lot of messages on Instagram about how people uh, pressure parents to stay up late and have drinks or sometimes, you know, parents say they don't want to go to a certain family function because it starts late at night and they, you know, insist on them, oh, just bring the kids, it's fine. And it's like, no, no, that is not enjoyable for parents. Why can't people get this through their heads? If I'm going to someone's house after Milo's bedtime and he's not sleeping and I bring him with me, that is not fun for me. I'm the one that has to deal with his behaviors as a tired toddler at your house. I'm the one that has to chase him around, that has to try and comfort him when he's, you know, having a tantrum or he's upset. I'm the one that has to go home and try and put him to bed and deal with having the monitor all night and hoping that he sleeps well. I have to get up with him early in the morning. It's not fun for parents. But people want them to come for their own enjoyment because they're just concerned about them having fun and they want you to be there and ignore the fact that you have a child, basically. And it's like, just bring them with you. What's the big deal? Oh my God, relax. I've never had that situation yet. But if I did, I I would just tell the person exactly what I'm saying right now. Like, I have zero issues. I don't feel guilty about it at all. I will probably get into some of the messages that I received just to tell people's experiences with this uh, because I find it fascinating and we all deal with this issue. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. 
This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. So those are some things that I realized on our little mini vacation and the silver lining of taking your child you know, on a vacation, on a little holiday to the cottage, whatever it might be, is that you obviously get so much enjoyment out of seeing them experience new things and have so much fun. I'm not a monster who's like, oh my God, I'm never taking my kids somewhere again. Like that was horrible. Like, no, there are enjoyable moments. And as a mom, of course, I love seeing him happy and experiencing things, even though it's difficult for me. I think some people have a hard time saying anything negative about being a parent because they think that people are going to assume they don't want to be a parent or they regret having kids or that they're not a good mom or whatever it might be. But I think it's important to recognize the enjoyable parts of things, but also that doesn't mean that it's not difficult for the parents or that it's exhausting or stressful. I think you can have both. I can see the situation and understand what makes me super happy about the situation, but I can also understand what makes me super stressed and exhausted. So yes, I love seeing Milo happy and doing new things, but also yes, it's fucking tiring and exhausting. I think initially my mom expected us to stay a little bit later, uh, the two days that we were at the property, but I think she realized how tired we all were by the end of the day, like around dinner time, and so she quickly kind of just accepted that we were going to be leaving shortly after dinner. And I get it because I too am like, oh, it would be so nice to, you know, sit by the fire and roast marshmallows. And at his age right now, that's just not possible. It's not worth it. And you could see by dinner time, he was exhausted and it was time to just kind of have a bath and go to bed. And I'm Milo's mom, but my mom is my mom. And so I know that she probably felt so bad that I wasn't having a relaxing, you know, not that it wasn't enjoyable. It was enjoyable to see Milo have so much fun, but it wasn't a holiday or, you know, relaxing for me for those days that we were at the property. And then my mom's mom probably felt the same way. I think they've read my posts on Instagram and they probably feel super bad that it wasn't super enjoyable for me. And then, of course, I feel bad that they probably feel bad. And I just want them to know that it's not their fault. Like they did so much for Milo. They had toys and they put up a swing. My mamere painted fucking rocks with M-I-L-O on it that he could play with. And like 
they went above and beyond to make Milo comfortable and have fun. But for all those reasons that I described earlier, it's still tiring and exhausting being the mom of a toddler. And that's just the way it is. It's nobody's fault. And I remember my mom acknowledging how I think she could tell that I was tired and it was so much work. And she told me her experience when we were all little. She has three kids, which is insane. But she remembers going camping and laying with them in bed, you know, trying to get us to nap them. It's me, duh. So laying with us in bed, trying to get us to sleep. And she could hear everyone else outside having fun. So she understands And she would explain that it gets better as he gets older, which I totally agree with. Once he's older, uh, there's less things to worry about and pack and stress about, I think. So if that's not the case, don't message me and tell me that because this is my hope for the future, okay? My mom also was sure to thank me and be like, I know this was a lot of work for you, but thank you so much for bringing him. Like, we had so much fun with him. Which, yeah, it's nice to acknowledge to the parents that we know this was a lot of work to drive up here, to pack all this stuff, to watch Milo all day, and but thank you so much for bringing him. We really appreciate it, yada, yada, yada. Like, that was nice to hear. I can't imagine being in a situation where people are kind of pressuring you to stay up late, to bring your child to this event or that event that you don't necessarily want to go to. That would drive me insane. And to that I say, if you're not the one that is sleeping with the child or the monitor overnight, and you're not the one that's getting up with them in the morning, and you're not the one that's going to be chasing them around, taking them in the pool, applying their sunscreen, cutting up their food into tiny fucking little pieces putting them in a swim diaper, taking them out of the swim diaper, putting them back in a swim diaper, putting on their life jacket, then don't even make a suggestion about what parents should be doing with their child. Because I've been thinking a lot about this topic and just reading people's messages to me about this topic, I started to think about the contrast that we live in when it comes to taking care of a child. So on the one hand, you're bombarded with information about sun safety and they have to wear a hat and apply sunscreen every so often. If they go in the pool, reapply sunscreen. They should be wearing like UV protection shirts. Sleep routines are so important. Make sure they stay on routine. Sugar is so bad. Try to limit screen time. That's a big one too. So we're bombarded with that information, but then you go to someone's house or away for a holiday and it's like, oh my God, just relax. Like nothing's a big deal. And it's like, well, what is it? Because it can't be both things at the same time. It can't be like you must do all these things and look at all this research backing up all this stuff. And, you know, we're hit over the head with this stuff constantly. And then it's like, you go to someone's house and just because it serves them better in that moment for you to not care about all these things, then it's like, oh, just relax. It's not a big deal. Like that's fucking annoying. Anywho, to end this episode, I wanted to share some experiences that other people have messaged me about. So 
Okay, first message. I love this one. She says, we just got back from a two-week holiday and the next morning my husband and I looked at each other and said, we need a holiday. I think that we all have this idea of what a holiday is, like what it was like before kids, and the reality is so different. We had awful night sleeps, full days entertaining the little one who didn't want to be by the pool or the beach. So all the activities we thought we would do now disappeared. We were also with my family, so throw in some family logistics and another toddler, my brother's son. I hope you can imagine what these two weeks were like. There were magical moments as well where I felt relaxed and happy, but these are moments. They're not the entire holiday. I'm working on appreciating these moments as they hopefully are the memories that we will keep, but some days were really rough and I can't say that they weren't. Someone else made a great point in that she says, I find that you know when the nights are worth it to stay up past bedtime with adults while the kids are sleeping. Every once in a while, it's so worth it and you may be slow the next day, but in the moment just to be with adults makes the next day worth it. Not all outings or nights on vacation are worth it though, but you'll know when it is. So I love that message because that's probably very true. If we were staying in one location for a long time, I'm sure there would be nights where we thought it was worth it to stay up late, even though we know that we would be tired the next day. Someone else wrote to me, This was definitely my experience a couple weeks ago. As a new mom, I find this issue very frustrating. I had to sit up at the cottage trying to get my seven-month-old to nap while I could hear everyone else laughing and having fun down by the lake. It felt very isolating and I didn't have my partner with me to share some of the work. By the time he went to bed at night, I felt so drained. Definitely not the fun and relaxing week I was hoping for. And I also felt really guilty for not enjoying the time with my son. I love that message because it kind of highlights another issue that moms might feel. You know, you take your kid on this holiday and you're expecting everything to be amazing. And when you find yourself not enjoying it, now you feel guilty for not enjoying the holiday that you planned. And obviously you had all these expectations going into the holiday, which were clearly not met. So it ends up being a lot more disappointing. And you may even feel like you wasted this holiday or, you know, even if it's a vacation that cost a lot of money, now you're like, fuck, I spent all this money expecting this, you know, glorious vacation and it was actually super stressful. How the hell has no one talked to me about this before? Like, this is crazy. Anyways, another message. She writes, my daughter was six weeks old at Christmas and we went to my in-laws, which was an absolute nightmare. Too many people around disregarding baby and my needs. Same thing happened when we went to visit for a week when she was seven and a half months. Being home at least allows for our routine to happen. Four or five days with it thrown out the window because someone wants the baby to do something or go somewhere or be available for photos is incredibly annoying. Needless to say, we won't be doing any more multi-day trips for a while. And she says, I'm done doing things, going places to make other people happy. It's my kids, my rules. Which I 100% agree with. Don't do things to make other people happy. They're going to be fine. They're going to live their life. You have to do what's best for you and your kids. Which makes me think about the no visitors after giving birth thing. Like, 
people allow the visitors, most people, I know some people want visitors, but it would appear that most people do not. But most people allow visitors because they're trying to make other people happy. People want to come and hold the baby. So they give in, they don't stand up for what they want, and then they feel resentful years later. Like I've had people message me saying that, you know, they had in-laws come and stay with them and they to this day are resentful of not being able to enjoy those first few weeks with their baby because they had people in the house when they just really wanted to be alone. So please just tell people how you're feeling, what you want and why. If they can't accept that, that's their issue. It's about the parents, mostly the mom and the baby, not everybody else who just wants to hold the fucking baby. And just to finish, I had one girl message me. I can't find the message now, but she was saying that they took a vacation to Maui, like Hawaii and that it wasn't enjoyable for all the reasons that I described in this episode. And I was like, oh my God, like, can you imagine going all the way to Hawaii? Such a beautiful place, should be so relaxing and enjoyable. And you're just kind of like stressed and exhausted the whole time. Ugh, I feel so bad for her. I wish everyone had the means to have an amazing nanny that they could take on vacations with them. And I always say, if my husband and I wanted to go to a resort or, you know, like Hawaii or somewhere special, I swear to God, we would pay for my mom's ticket so that she could watch the baby some nights, or I call him a baby, but he's a toddler. But yeah, or my sister, like, or my my husband's mom, like we're bringing someone on the trip to watch the child. And I know it's more expensive because now you have to buy another ticket, but take the time, save up the money. It'll be worth it. You can actually enjoy your vacation and have help with your child on the vacation. Or I'm waiting for Milo to be at an age where my mom can just take him or my husband's mom and we can just go away on our own. One last thing before I finish. So... After our second day at the property, we drove back to my sister's house and we were relaxing there and Milo was asleep finally. And I was scrolling Instagram and I saw this post that was, you know, a husband and wife hugging and it was something about when you've had a really busy, stressful day, you know, after the kids go to bed, make sure you give some time to your partner and some focus to your partner basically. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I couldn't disagree more with this post. I've had an exhausting few days. And the last thing I want to do is give my partner attention. No offense, husband. No offense. But I was reading that post. And then I looked over and my husband was laying on the couch. We were in the dark living room. He was watching some random Netflix documentary. And I was on my phone. Like, we're not talking at all. I was pounding chocolate-covered almonds. And I couldn't wait to finish the chocolate-covered almonds, go brush my teeth, and get into bed and just watch Real Housewives. And that's exactly what I did. But I had to giggle at that post because it just couldn't have been more opposite to my actual situation. So that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't believe how well this podcast is doing. It motivates me to keep going. I have so many interviews lined up with people this week. Thursday's episode is going to be me and Mr. Chaz. You definitely want to listen to that episode. It could 
change the way you view your relationship with your child. There are some key messages in that episode that I absolutely love. Of course, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the.mom.room. My blog is renearena.com. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I mean, you could even tell your friends about it. Why not, right? Like, be a pal and send it to some friends. I am going to go shower now and wait for some updates on Milo. I did get an update as I was recording this episode, and he apparently ran into the room right for the animal toys, so that was great. Apparently, he didn't want to eat. He's probably just adjusting, so I'm hoping that he eats soon and continues to have fun and not cry. But I'm fully expecting to maybe have to go pick him up early. Like, I don't know. I just don't know what to expect. Again, my name is Renee Rena. This is the Mom Room Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope your child sleeps tonight. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship topics. like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.